Hello, friends. I'm so glad you found me here at the Steward Project Podcast, but we have to start each episode with a little bit of a disclaimer. Because this podcast is focused on the intersections of service, social justice, spirituality, and self-care, please know that we will talk about some challenging topics, some things that might be uncomfortable, or some things that might trigger us. So I just want you to come into this space fully aware I also want to be very clear that I occasionally drop an F-bomb or two. So if you have young children nearby, maybe use your earplugs or make sure that they know that the person you're listening to is just really, really passionate. Here we go. Hello, friends, and welcome to a very impromptu episode of the Stewart Project podcast. This is episode five. And I wanted to talk about what's going on at our border at this very moment. Um, I know it's not podcast etiquette to kind of have a point in time, maybe. Um, But today is June 23rd, and there's been a lot going on the last few months regarding children being separated at the border and being shipped into facilities. They're calling them detention centers, so that alone should tell you how they feel about these children, but they are internment camps. Um, I guess we can't say they're concentration camps because they're not killing the kids there. Um, They're just keeping them there indefinitely, potentially. But I know there's been a lot of outrage, and rightfully so, but there's also been a, a new wave of people talking about the trauma that these children are experiencing, and it is very real. So I just wanted to drop a very short podcast to discuss this topic um, because I think it is worth explaining a little deeper. So um, there are these things called adverse childhood experiences. We call them ACEs. And ultimately what it means is that when something, a traumatic event happens to you before before age 18 and mostly in the zero to five age range, Um, it impacts the development of your brain and your nervous system. Um, When you're experiencing a trauma, even if it's a one-time trauma, so even if it's literally like it only happened once, but you were two years old or you were seven years old or you were 12 years old, that trauma has lasting impacts on the brains and bodies of us. So imagine these young children being in a state of constant trauma for months and potentially years and the impacts that will have. When we say the impacts of trauma, what we mean is that when kids are traumatized, they their body goes into that fight or flight response. And if you listen to my last podcast on mental health, I explained a little bit about the limbic system and how that works, the amygdala trigger and how the hippocampus goes offline. I didn't get into all of the health issues, the physical health issues that come with trauma. Because when we're in that fight or flight or freeze mode, and some of these kids are going to be in any, a variety of those at any time, right? They're, they're going to want to fight to get back to their parents. They're going to want to run away to get back to their parents. And some of these kids are going to have freeze responses where they can't respond to any commands that are given to them. If someone tells them to get up and move, they're not going to be able to do that. And they're probably going to be punished or yelled at even more, um, which will compound their trauma. But the way it works is that when your amygdala is triggered, when your body, when the environment is such that your body and your brain feel that there is a threat to your survival and for a child being separated from your, 
your primary caregiver or the person that is taking care of you is a survive, you know, that is a potential death, right? Um, that the sympathetic nervous system comes online and the sympathetic nervous system tells your body that it has to survive. And in order to survive, there are parts of your, your body systems that don't need to be active at that moment because you just have to take all that energy to physically move, to fight something or flee from something and to handle a situation in the moment. So what happens is when our, par- when our sympathetic nervous system is triggered by you know, the survival instinct, digestion goes offline because we don't need to be digesting right now, we need to be surviving. What that causes is long-term, as you can imagine, digestive health issues. So that could in- cause diarrhea, constipation, um, uh, colitis, hernias, um, ulcers, any kind of digestive situation um, can be a long-term outcome of being in survival mode. Reproductive system gets shut down because, again, we don't need to reproduce right now. We just need to survive this threat. What that means is these kids may, some of these young girls may start their periods earlier because their hormones are going to be really out of whack. Um, Some of them may start later. It'll depend on their individual constitution. And I am not exactly sure how it will impact the boys, um, the reproductive piece. Um, But I just know that that shuts off. So it might mean infertility in the long run. Um, The the blood system, right? Your blood and your heart are pumping to make sure that you can run away from a threat. So there's a high high heart rate, high blood pressure. um, And then there's also the breathing, right? That happens when you're in survival mode. So for these kids... Their, oxi- their brain isn't getting a lot of oxygen because they're probably in hyperventilation mode. In my last episode, I talked a little bit about how, you know, our brains and bodies work with the <gasps> So, you know, something happens in our day and it's a <gasps> and then we figure out a solution to it and we have our <sighs> come down. And again, for these kids, they're not getting that release. They're not getting that comforting. They're not even getting held or told that things are going to be okay because the staff in these fucking detention centers are not allowed to comfort the children. They're not allowed to hug the children or hold the children. So these kids are not getting any soothing to their crisis. They're not getting any respite from their crisis. And that is what's going on for these kids. That is why this trauma is so, so, so devastating. Those of us who understand how this works recognize the challenges that these kids are going to face. And knowing that it's at the hands of our government with our tax dollars and claiming to be doing this for the safety of the American people is absolutely despicable. There isn't a lot more I want to say about this other than these kids are being traumatized, these parents are being traumatized, and this is going to be generational trauma. Because what's happening is the little girls that are being traumatized right now have inside of their bodies all of the eggs that they're ever going to have for reproduction. And those eggs are being fed adrenaline and cortisol and all those hormones that are flooding through their bodies because of fear. So those babies, the children of the children who are being detained right now, will be impacted by this trauma. And if there are any pregnant women that are being um, involved in this process and are being traumatized through this process, their fetus is being impacted by this. But then the fetus's eggs, if it's a female fetus, are also being impacted. So right now, we as a government, our government, I can't, it's hard for me to even say those words. This administration is, gen- is traumatizing a generation 
multiple generations of, of young Central American children for no other reason than they want control, they want power, and they want this to be a white nation. When we're talking about trauma, we have to recognize how white supremacy plays into the traumas that we have all experienced in this country as a nation. And white supremacy is at the root of this trauma, and we have to call it what it is. Trump and his people want this to be a white nation. That's why they're dehumanizing these people and calling them you know, rapists and murderers and saying that they're going to infest this country. What they're missing is that we are stronger together and we are better when we have people from all over the globe here to give us their culture and their food and their ways of being. And we're so short-sighted that we can't even see that. We have the option or the opportunity to be one of the greatest nations. And we're not doing that because we just can't be bothered. And it's heartbreaking to see this racism be put into policy and then be pushed out and, and really impact families. So I know this is a really quick episode, but I really just had to get it off my chest. And I wanted to share a little bit more about what we mean when we talk about these kids are being traumatized. I will do a longer podcast on trauma and really explain the brain science around it, but I just wanted to kind of get in here and share a little bit while it's happening. I also want to share that it's really, really important that we're doing good self-care while we're watching all this happening and trying to figure out what our next move is. Self-care does not allow us to pull away from the pain that's happening in the world, but self-care allows us to engage with the pain, feel it all, and then decide how we're going to act. So make sure you're taking care of yourself, the basics, eating enough food, drinking enough water, getting enough exercise and sleep. But also make sure you're finding your community, whether it's online or in person, and I recommend in person, find people that also are fighting for the same thing and understand what this is and understand the pain. Also, taking action is really good self-care, right? It, it shifts your brain from helplessness to being helpful, being able to say, I've donated money, I've called a senator or a legislator, I've marched in a, in a rally, um, or if you really want to get radical with your self-care, maybe it's I'm taking a kid in to my home, or I'm sponsoring a kid who's going to live with another family, or I'm going to go down to the border and do what I can to stop what's happening. So make sure that you're doing all the self-care you can. Take care of yourself. Make sure that you are ready for the, this is going to be a long fight. These people that are in our government right now have no intention of giving up power. They think that they, ha they are God-ordained to do this bullshit, and they're getting, they have all the money behind them. They're privatizing. These detention centers are private prisons. These people are making $500 million a year to house these children, and they're there's a lot of privatization of our government, our public services happening. So just pay attention. Make sure you're finding a really quality news source, the BBC, Vice News. Um, mainstream media is kind of back and forth, but find something that is meaningful. Do your research. Make sure you understand the topic. And remember that not everybody has the same heart that you do. So you will find people that don't have a problem with this happening. You will find people that are okay with this. And they'll make the excuse of, well, these parents did something illegal and this is the consequence. What I want you to know is that seeking asylum is not illegal. And the reason these people are fleeing Central America is because we as a government, our United States government, has created policies and done so much disruption in Central America that gangs run that, that place right now. 
So we have destabilized the region. We knew that there was going to be a refugee crisis based on our destabilization, and we didn't care. So this is chickens coming home to roost, and I'm not in any way calling these people animals. <laughs> Please understand what I meant by that. Um, but this is our policies in action, and this is the results of our policies of destabilizing countries when we try to play God. So these people are fleeing real violence, and we are trying to say that they're committing a crime. And it is not illegal to seek asylum. It is not illegal to seek asylum. I'll say it one more time for the people in the back. It is not illegal to seek asylum. So I want you to stay on top of this situation and stay plugged in as much as you can. But I also want you to do really good self-care, especially if you're someone who suffered from trauma yourself. And this is bringing up some things. Make sure you do pull away for a little bit. But remember that this is still going on and we still need to take action. So those of us who are disgusted and upset and angry, we have the energy to move this shit and, and, and finish it and get this done. It might take a little while because it took a little while to set it up. But we have to pay attention because they're going to say things to make us, to placate us and make us think that they are doing right. But they're still building military bases to house 20,000 or more children. So they plan on doing this for a long time. And that means we have to be in the fight for just as long. So thank you for listening to this very brief podcast. Thank you for your heart and your love for these children and for all of humanity. Remembering that we do belong to each other, and this is very important that we stay awake, stay alert, but also stay healthy and ready to continue fighting. They are banking on us getting tired. They are banking on us burning out, and we can't do that. These kids need us to be here. Until next time, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Steward Project podcast and sharing this space with me. Remembering that how we show up in the world matters, we're all in this together, and we belong to each other. Until next time.